all this kind of stuff. Nobody basically was on my side. I didn't have my own attorney, nothing. I thought I was saving money by doing it all myself. Oh, because what? I know so much about real estate, right? Not. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week, my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, women who are creating wealth. I'm very happy to be with you this week, and I want to tell you a couple of stories about things that happened to me on my journey to being ready to accept financial abundance into my life, right? It sounds like kind of like a born again thing almost to say, <laughs> but but actually, if you're not ready to be rich, if you're not ready to be ready to be rich, then you'll just fritter it away. You'll just, somehow it will, you'll just fail. And the way I used to fail is by having a good idea and then not doing the research, right? Not doing the homework that needed to be done so that I could really be educated and understand how to do this thing that I just knew I was born to do. An example of that is the very first time that I bought an investment property. Since I was 16 years old, at least that's the first time I remember, I was laying on the floor, you know, on my stomach, on the floor in the living room, and I had the newspaper open in front of me, and I was reading the real estate section. Because back in the day, that's how you found out about real estate is you read the paper. And I just, I had it open and I found this three-family property in Lawrence, Massachusetts for $16,000. And I was like, I mean, this was, okay, how I was 16, so it was like 1979. And that was a while ago. But still, $16,000 still seemed, you could still at that time, there were cars that you could buy for $16,000. And here's a three-family apartment in you know, a town that was near where I lived that was $16,000. And I was like, Dad, $16,000, we should buy this place. It's a really great deal. And he's like, eh, Lawrence, eh, not a great neighborhood, you know, whatever. You want to be managing a bunch of people who don't have much money and it's going to be a hassle. And, you know, and plus he was not a real estate investor, okay? He did not have that same crazy drive that I have to be a real estate investor. But that stuck with me. So I didn't, right, I didn't go and try to find somebody to finance me. I didn't like do this crazy thing that would have allowed me to be a millionaire starting at age 16, unfortunately. But that situation stayed with me. When I was in my 20s, when the market was then nearing its peak, I kept that dream and I saw a three-family unit come on the market in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and I decided, and I was married at the time, and I had to convince my husband, we have got to buy this place. We have to buy it. It's a great deal. At that point, though, was it still $16,000? It was not. It was like $140,000. And so I convinced him and we put the money together and we bought this place for $140,000. Did I do any research at all? Did I call any experts? Did I do anything? Did I like do anything right? No. We bought the place. I didn't know anything. Anyway, I didn't ask for 
estoppel certificates, which basically is the, the tenants are certifying to you that they're paying their rent. You get to see canceled checks from the landlord that show that people are actually paying their rent. I didn't do any of that. I didn't ask for leases. I didn't ask for information. I didn't have my own real estate agent. I was using the seller's real estate agent. All this kind of stuff. Nobody basically was on my side. I didn't have my own attorney nothing. I thought I was saving money by doing it all myself. Oh, because what? I know so much about real estate, right? Not. So when, after the closing, did, we did not do a walkthrough. It's traditional to do a walkthrough before you finally take possession of the property. But I didn't have my own real estate agent and I didn't have my own attorney. So I did not know that. So I did not do a walkthrough of the property. After I got the keys at the closing and I walked into these when I walked into the place, I discovered that the seller had taken the two tenants who were actually paying their rent and moved them to another one of his properties. And the one tenant that they had left there was actually not, hadn't paid for months and had no intention of ever paying. So, you know, I had, I sat down with her, we had a conversation, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's I've just been out of work, but now I'm back and I'm better and I'm definitely going to pay and blah, 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 blah. I mean, right? Every failed landlord in the entire planet has probably had the same conversation with a tenant and said, okay, instead of saying, get the hell out of my house, right? No. Oh, well, you know, she means well. And like, if you're an honest person, you just think everybody else on the planet is honest. But sad to say, they are not. So there I am with two empty units, no way to pay the mortgage because obviously this person's not paying. And then <clears throat> I got somebody in one of the units. So finally somebody moves into one of the units and all, she's complaining that the people who aren't paying are keeping them up all night because they're got people coming and going, I don't know, I think they were doing drug, dealing drugs or something, I don't know. Bad, bad situation, bad karma, bad mojo. I took my own savings, and this is such a common story. You hear this so often with people who tried real estate investing but didn't try to call the right, right? They just tried and failed at real estate investing. This is how it's done. This is how it's done. This is how you try and fail at real estate investing. You think that you know everything, and then you try to do everything yourself, or you save money by doing everything yourself. And the next thing you know, you lost your shirt, basically. I was paying and paying and paying into this place to pay the mortgage, the I probably bought it like at the height of the market or even like the day it started to go down. So the, the, the value of the property is plummeting while I'm pouring money and money and money into it. No one's paying the bills, whatever. Bad, bad karma. So I go to, an, I sit down with an attorney and I say, look, you know, how am I going to get on top of these payments and how am I going to, you know, what can I do? And he said, why don't you just walk away? And I was like, oh, walk away? How could I do that? You know, whatever. He said, look, three years, your credit will be back. You don't have to worry about it. People are doing it all over the place. The values have gone. The value has gone out of that property. You can sell it, but you'll never get back what you paid for it. And, you know, so I was just like, so I did. I let it go to foreclosure, feeling like the biggest failure in the world. Now, I don't know how much this had to do with it, but right around that same time, my marriage broke up. Oops, <laughs> bad day for Chris, right? And yeah, so I've got no credit. I've got debt. I've got, you know, now I have no relationship. I'm living in an apartment or whatever. Yeah, so fast forward to, uh, let's see, when was this? Maybe 2000, 
10. Fast forward to about 2010, I think, when I was starting to, I mean, in between that, I had some forays with real estate, none quite as spectacular of a failure as that. But basically what I had done in the meantime is once I had the money, I bought another two properties at the same thing, same thing, high to the market, lost them. I didn't, those I did a short sale on. Those I did short sales because they also were not worth what I paid for them because those that was in the days when you didn't really need to have much in the way of documentation. They had these no-doc loans and you could just get whatever. So yeah, lost two more properties, this time only two short sales and was just feeling like a complete idiot. So I was renting a place you know this whole story. Renting a place from a guy, one of five people renting a place from this one young person. He was like 25 years old and I was like 50. So this all stuff's on the on the website. You don't need to hear this again. But the main thing you need to hear is that after I had bought my first property myself and I was fixing it up and everything was going great and I, um, you know, had bought it cheap, fixing it up, doing a good job, but then I had some extra money. And I thought in the back of my mind, I'm saying, Chris, you really need to invest in real estate. You need to do this again. And at this point, I was a real estate agent. So I understood a little more about market cycles. And I understood about rent, being a landlord and renting. You know, I had been a rental agent and understood about checking people's credit and looking at leases. And I was just so much more educated in many, many ways. But I still had that lingering fear. So what I discovered that I was doing as I was had this money, I knew that I should be investing in it. I had like $40,000. And I said, it's just, it's not doing you any good, right? Go do something with this money. <clears throat> so I decided that I would buy something and I started looking. And the only properties that I could afford were places that were equivalent to this place in Lawrence, which were, I mean, in addition to having a bad feeling about them, they also, they were far from where I was living, so that was not convenient as far as doing a, a rental to a place where you can be pretty much guaranteed that the people are going to be challenging, that they're going to have trouble paying their rent, right? You're, you're, I would be buying a property in a lower income neighborhood that I didn't know, right? I didn't know where's a good section, where's a bad section, where, you know, I, that, and then I just didn't feel good about it. I had this leftover PTSD from the experience and you know from my previous experiences and so I just was doing things to sabotage myself so that I wouldn't have the money that I needed or so that you know just making bad decisions and doing dumb things and I noticed it so that's the main thing is that I noticed it I noticed I was making bad decisions doing things that were going to put me in a situation where I was not getting the money that I should be getting for the work that I was doing and so I said, I'm going to meditate about this. By that time, I was meditating, which I wasn't doing before. So I said, I'm going to meditate about this and see what I'm doing. Why am I doing these stupid things that are making me lose money? And I had, I had a property on the market, and I accepted an offer. So there was a transaction going on in which I was selling a piece of property for a client. And another real estate agent had a client, and we'd had some conversations and, and whatnot, and they were putting in a generous offer. And she got the impression from me, rightly or wrongly, that my client would have accepted that offer. Now, she should have known because I hadn't had a chance to talk to my client between the time that she called me and the time that she got this impression. But long story short, she was going to sue me and sue my client to sell them the property. And so it was going to be this huge debacle and it was going to just make a big mess in my life. And I thought, this is not logical. 
Why did I, how did I attract this foolishness? So I got quiet and I sat on my couch and I meditated and I, and with the question like, what am I doing wrong? And the answer that came out of it was, you're afraid to make a mistake in your real estate investing. So you're sabotaging yourself so that you aren't going to have any money to invest in this real estate because some idiot's going to sue you and take it all. So I said, okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. I do not want to invest in this town, the one particular town where I could afford to invest in that moment. And so I said to myself, what am I going to do? I've got to think outside the box. So when I thought outside the box, what happened? I ended up buying a, a property in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, beautiful area, and I made it a short-term rental. It was the same price that I was going to pay for a rundown piece of crap condo in this other town. So for the same price that I was going to spend to buy this rundown crappy condo in this other town, I was able to buy a beautiful single-family home that just needed a little bit of finishing work in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. I, I took on two investors, two friends invested with me. We bought this place and I fixed it up and it worked out so well. It was an Airbnb property for me for years and I got to go there and it was a pleasure and that's what started my, in, my journey as a short-term rental investor. What is the moral of the story? Like, Chris, what is the moral of the story? So the moral of the story is that, number one, if you want to avoid going into bankruptcy and foreclosure and losing your shirt, then ask for some help. Ask someone who's been there, who's done this. Get your own agent. Get your own uh, real estate attorney. Get people who are on your side, in your corner, and who know what the heck it is that you're trying to do. Hopefully they've done it already. And then the second thing is know yourself. Understand yourself. Understand why you're doing the things you're doing. If you're doing like what I'm doing, sabotaging yourself, if you're sabotaging yourself or you're shortchanging yourself or you've got somebody in a property and you think, oh, I've got to take all this money out of my own pocket to pay for this property because I bought it and I'm blah, 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 blah. No, get some expert advice. Do not, there's no reason, if anybody... Okay, you're, you are not the dumbest person in the world, okay? You might feel that you're not the smartest, but I guarantee you're not the dumbest. So if anybody can make money real estate investing, so can you. There's nothing about you that would m make it so that you cannot succeed as a real estate investor. Unless, like me, you were dumb and don't ask for advice. You don't ask for help. And you're this optimistic, you know, nutcase like I was who just thinks that everything's just going to magically work out for her. Well, sometimes you have to do a little homework. Sometimes you have to get some help. And you can't, you can't get the help and you can't find the people until you admit to yourself that you're just in a little bit over your head. So... My advice to you, this whole big, long, blah, blah, blah thing is just to say to you, I have screwed up. Every ugly story you've ever heard about real estate investing, I have done it. I have made that mistake. I have been that person who was just... So this place that I bought in Lawrence, <clears throat> after the divorce, after everything was going wrong... And I decided, look, I can't just not visit this place. <laughs> that was how I was dealing with it. I just wasn't visiting. I, I, just be, this is just before I went to the attorney and we decided to let it go. 
I go to the place to visit. The person who had moved in and the only one who was ever paying rent there had moved out and not told me. And when I went, somebody had stolen all the copper pipes out of the basement. I went into the basement. There was about three feet of water down there. It was just a debacle. It was just a big flipping debacle. It's just like my history with stocks, right? I, I didn't, I thought, oh, I'll just buy a good company. But you don't want to buy a good company. You want to buy a good company at a good price. Let's talk about market cycles the week after next because it's so crucial to understand market cycles, to understand where we are in a market cycle for any particular type of real estate investing that you want to do. Because who wants to buy at the top of the market, right? You want to buy at the bottom. You want to buy when everyone is selling. Just like Warren Buffett, all Warren Buffett's advice for, for stocks also apply to real estate. So next week, you're going to hear from Felicia Fro. She's a fantastic person who is going to talk to us about build, investing in communities and really making a difference. And that's what she's doing. But after that, the following week, we will talk about market cycles so that you can learn and understand when to invest in a certain area and how to know what the market is doing so you know what kind of deals you can make, what kind of analysis you should be doing. In the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed this little rant of mine, hearing about all my failures <laughs> and how they were actually just stepping stones on the road to success. And it's a success that you can have as well. And I hope that you're thinking about this. I hope that it's got you, your wheels turning. Have a marvelous, fantastic week. Know that I am here for you. I really am 100% dedicated and invested in your success. So please feel free to ask me any questions that you have. And uh, in the meantime... Yeah, have a great week and look forward to meeting Felicia next week. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.